Welcome to the Profit First REI podcast, where real estate investors master financial management, eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and learn to be profitable from day one. Now for your host, David Richter. This came about when we had our conversation before, and then when you posted, you posted back on like May 17th, there was a long Facebook post about the moral responsibility of, you know, the, the real estate investor, as far as managing the money of the, you know, the private lenders and the lenders. And I think I'd like to ask a couple things. First, would you be okay if I used any part of those quotes that you have in there inside of the book? That would be, you know, like from that Facebook post. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was thinking I could just ask some more detailed questions of like, you know, this from a private lender who's very well respected, you know, and like give the background there and then say, you know, this is what they think of profit first. And this is what they think of like the moral responsibility of, of making sure that you're handling the finances correctly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. You bet. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well then let me, then I have that post here. I will make sure then to use that. Okay. Then I guess my first thing is in your experience with working with real estate investors, the robbing Peter to pay Paul syndrome, how rampant do you think it is? And how often do you come across a situation where people in the past have been robbing Peter to pay Paul? David, it's it's hard to say because I just have to speak kind of anecdotally or just from my overall observations, I don't get deep inside other people's operations and their books. It's only from my own personal experience. And even that I can't always with any confirmation verify that that's their model. And I would say this, I think by far, by far the majority of people, that wouldn't be the model they set up to begin with. It's not their intent. Most by far, I think there's very few people out there that have malevolent ideas in their mind when they seek, you know, private capital. I think most people really want to do it the right way. They really have good intentions and those good intentions can go bad. So, but I do think that 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 model becomes a default model when things do turn down because they haven't followed a profit first model, which is obviously why you're doing uh, the book and the podcast and, and the interviews you do today, because it's, it's helping people who have good intentions not fall off the wagon, so to speak, and get into a model where they are robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yep. So I'm, 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 I'm bending your question this way and that way, not giving you a direct answer. I think, again, to summarize, very few actually go to that model because they want to do it. We don't, we don't have uh, people out there that are uh, running like uh, um, Madoff, you know, with, with an intent. And, and maybe even Madoff, not to get off on a tangent, maybe he didn't even go with that intent to begin with. I think these things, these things just happen, David. And without constructs and frameworks that you're setting up for people to follow, that's how these things happen. And then people get into this, this whirlwind. Well, well, now they're rationalizing uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul because they want to keep them all going and, and they feel badly. I think they really feel badly that, oh my gosh, I'm in this tight spot and I owe John Smith because uh, I made a contract with John Smith, but I'm behind the eight ball. So I'm going to go over here to, to Bill jo- Jones and make another deal. And somehow I'll work it all out down the road. I'll, I'll figure it out later. But right now I got to keep keep the wheels on. So there's a long-winded answer to a very short question. No, no, that was great because that is, that's the general, what happens, you know, just because like you said, it defaults to that when you don't have a system. So no, I think that was, that was put very eloquently without saying like, 
yeah, there's this many people <laughs> or like whatever. So no, I, I appreciate that. So then what are some ways which you touch on this inside of the Facebook post, but I want to get it here recorded. What are some ways to make sure relation between real estate investors and private lenders don't go sideways? So it's always important to set the expectations on the front end. What are the obligations and promises of both sides? What is each side promising to provide the other? What are the frameworks? What are the constructs of that? How does that look? Obviously that starts with a conversation usually. I've got a, I've got an opportunity. I've got a deal, Bill. Uh, would you like to be a part of it? Right. Bill says, ah, sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about it. And so there's an explanation and there's a, a verbal, maybe a ha- even a handshake agreement, but that begets what's next. And that what's next is I would say first a, just an informal written emailed summary of what, what transpired in that conversation. Here's the essence of the deal. You can call it an executive summary, executive summary. Here's the essence of the deal I'm proposing. I'm talking about the person who's orchestrating it. Here's the deal I'm proposing. Uh, here's what I am asking of you, your participation in, in a capital uh, a capital uh, uh, contribution. And here's what my game plan is. I've got a plan A and a plan B in case plan A doesn't work. Here's how that would fit in. Here's the red return. Here's you know a preferred return if there is one, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Let's lay it out in an email uh, so that they can look at it again and, and, and either party can say, yeah, not good to this point. I don't quite understand this one. We need to build out. Great. Uh, once that is done and, and basically through a, a informal process of, uh, of building out the expectations, now you go to contracts, right? And that's, that's again, contracts are only good as good as the people who stand behind them. So I don't look to a contract necessarily something I'm going to have to go enforce. Uh, although sometimes you do uh, have to make that decision, but it's really, again, a deeper memorialization of what the expectations have been set so far. And again, good professionals can draft those people that you don't have to be a professional to draft those. I think if you, if you, if you don't have a professional draft it on your behalf, then you should do as much work as you can with that other party, build it out like a, like a letter of intent, which is you know not binding, but it, it lays out as much as you can put into it and then let another professional, a licensee, an attorney, for instance, or, or somebody who's got experience to look it over and look for any blind spots. What's missing from this that should be laid out? Now that's done. Now you have formalized contractual agreements, security agreements, uh, if it's a secured collateral, and now you have an ability to go forward with that, with that premise. And I think within that too, should, should part of the expectation, which doesn't have to go into the contract per se, but should be the expectation on communication. Sometimes, in some instances, Dave, as you know, uh, some some agreements can be based on a a growth component where there's little or variable rates of return to the. Mm-hmm. To the capital investor, it could be sporadic because it's a development project. It's something that's it's got more of a back end. That's fine, but but even in that, there should be some regular, timely provision of updates, information to that that more passive investor. Even if there's not a specific payment due, should be some regular basis. Is that going to be monthly, quarterly? How's that going to be done? Is that going to be getting together on a phone, getting together in person? Uh, should that be done over a virtual? Context like Zoom, should that is that going to be an email? What is it going to be? And it, any of those are fine. Set it up the way you you want it to have it done, so it's more most efficient for you. But that's very important to have that communication because what happens, Dave, is plans do go awry, and 
Many times they are plans can go right not because of a failure of the operator. Uh, can be for sure, uh, which is why profit first is important. But let's say it's let's say they're following good business practices and coronavirus hits. Okay, just like we had this year, boom, everybody gets blown up. Okay, so now what do you do? What do you do? Do you just do you do, do you again go to Rob Peter pay Paul to make the people before coronavirus whole and hope you can get through it? No, no. You actually communicate to your capital investor and say, "Hey, we've got some potential issues. You're getting ahead of the curve. Potential issues. I'm not not in it right now, but I'm seeing that there could be an issue. We got forbearance moratoriums going on in different jurisdictions, and definitely it's going to affect the cash flow. All right. So I'm the passive investor. I get it." I've been, I I play both sides of it, Dave. I, I, I'm both sides. I, I borrow money and I lend money. So I get it. And as long as I believe the person is, is doing all they can with a, an efficient model, then I'm going to ride with them. We'll figure out a plan B, even if we didn't have it in the original expectations of the contract. Let's figure out. Let's say, for instance, we're, our, our, your cash flow or your development pr- uh, process got delayed because of contractors or people aren't paying, whatever. All right, got it. Let's let's do a plan for let's let's plan like six months. Let's say six months, and let's make a worst case estimate. Your your revenues or the or the project got pushed back by fifty percent. Just making up a number. All right, great. Let's go on that premise, and based on that, here's how we're going to redo the deal. Because you're not going to come out of this and be back to one hundred percent like overnight. I know that. So maybe you give me a, a a different percentage of the back end that I'm willing to go with to ride with you. Whatever you start building that out. Now you go six months. And if you're if, if it's no worse than fifty percent and you're back running, great. If you're seeing that it's going to be worse than that, longer delay, less revenue, okay, you come back to the table again and you say, hey, here's where we are. So you what what can I give you, the private investor, to to further secure your position? Even give you the cut right now, but what what does the back end look like? What other collateral do I have? What else can I offer you to show that um, I'm in this to help you? And me as a as a as a capital investor, if I'm that's if that's the side I'm on, Dave. I have to also be willing to bend many times. Uh, maybe I don't want to, but look, the environment's the environment. And my my job is not to extract everything I can get from the deal and, and look look to nobody else but myself. If I want to have recurring opportunities in the space to do business with somebody over and over again who basically is a good operator, what good does it do me to, to extract everything out of them and put them out of business? I mean, zero, nothing, nada. Again, you just have to, you want to make sure that they have a good model and you're not just delaying the inevitable if somebody's actually kind of playing you down the road. That's the other side of the coin that you have to look at. Okay. No, I, I love that because that was going to be my next question. So what if things go sideways and then got a great oratory on that? So no, that was awesome. I've been writing that down. So let me see. So if things go sideways, where some that they don't go sideways. Okay. Okay. Then as far as profit first goes and the system and making sure you have a system for the financial side, would you, as far as a private lender goes, would you encourage a an investor to to go down the route of using something like a profit first system or something to that effect? And what about on the private lending side too? Like, what kind of system should they be setting up for themselves to like track their money and track what's coming in? So I guess just hitting on the profit first piece. And your your thoughts on that? So I think that's really really good. You know, in, in Freedom Founders, Dave, uh, because we bring to the table, if you will, to our members, you know, multiple opportunities of different asset classes through different operators, and we do a certain level of vetting. 
uh, which, which we have set some bars, some criteria. We use uh, some specific people on our team that are licensed to do due diligence. And we set at least a bar of what we call market clearing. Is, is, this, is this offering, whatever it is, is it market clearing? Does it, does it meet certain metrics? Now, that's exactly what you do with Profit First. You, you, you set bars for people in business to utilize the systems and processes you have set up that create a, a certain bar of a run rate that a, a, an efficient business that wants to be sustainable would follow and would be most likely to succeed, even in environments where they're turbulent. So that's what Profit First does. Other examples we use in, in, in the real estate industry, there are actually companies uh, that, that do verifications. Uh, now, the operators have to pay to be uh, vetted through those and they get a certification. Uh, Profit First, same thing. Profit first professionals, I know, uh, like you, have to be certified. You have to go through a process where you've been vetted and certified by their standards, and now you have the right to go out and say, I've been through this process. I understand the model. This is what I profess. So when you, as a potential aggregator of capital for your business, um, well, I should take it the other way, for, for a private lender who wants to look to do business with somebody, what are the standards that you would like to have in place besides just a gut feel, which is where, where that doesn't, that only cares, cares you so far, right? Uh, uh, I like this person. They're charismatic. You know, they took me out to dinner. Awesome. You know, they told me a lot of great stories. Okay. Good so far. Uh, I like their family. I like their kids. I like their dog. Okay. That's part of it. I get it. But, but what, what do they have running? So I would highly be more, more quick to engage somebody if I didn't know them or didn't know them well, if they came to me and part of what they brought to the table was, oh, by the way, we've been running profit first in our business operations for X, Y, Z number of months. Uh, we actually had someone who implemented it. Um, I mean, that, that that could go on a you know resume or CV or just a, a bullet point of a factor that would bring a lot more of those essential metrics or criteria to the table for me as a potential lender. On the private capital lender side, tracking, yeah, I, I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that's pretty simple. Um, I just use spreadsheets, and I personally don't use the spreadsheets. I have people that do that for me because I didn't grow up in the world, Dave, like you did, where where I became a spreadsheet whiz, and it's too late for me. I think it's way too late. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so I don't even try that stuff, Dave. I just appreciate people who can run them. But, but I, but if you don't do it yourself, tracking on whether you want to use some kind of proprietary software, which it's out there, you can find that. I'm sure, Dave, you've got resources for that, uh, or you just want someone to build you out a simple but very usable spreadsheet that allows you to track and have that person, you know, track for you if, if, if you're not the kind of person who stays organized uh, to keep up with those kind of things. Okay. No, awesome. I appreciate that. So then as far as the private lending world and the real estate investing world and really, really how they, how they work together, if the culmination of it is if you have the agreement in place you talk about it, you vetted the person, you have a plan if something goes sideways and everyone sticks to it. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen people go through a hard time, mm-hmm. come out of it and still be still have the relationships with the people that they have bonded with, even though it might not have been the, the set standard that they thought it would be at the beginning. Have you seen cases like that? I'm sure you've seen the cases where it's been like someone, it went sideways and you never heard from them again. But have you worked with anyone or people where it does go sideways and 
you've seen them actually step forward to say, this is the plan that we're doing. Do you see that happen? Absolutely. In fact, in fact, the people that I probably respect more are people who have gone through times of distress and have, have pushed themselves through it and made amends to whatever level that were agreeable for the other parties. It didn't have to necessarily be a hundred percent. Um, if it is, that's great. Maybe it's, it's a time factor to get it done, but I appreciate those kind of people because they have the character to, and the fortitude to show that they're going to say, do what they say they can do. Uh, even if it takes longer to get there, they stick it out. They don't run and file bankruptcy and run for the Hills or like you said, go dark to never be seen again. Um, yeah, that's it, it's so I love to hear war stories. I, I, in fact, that's one thing I would tell uh, capital aggregators, catalyst boots on the ground people uh, don't be afraid to share your war stories. In fact, I want to know what some of your war stories are. What are some of the tough times you went through? What What's a deal that really went bad? How did you, how did you, how did you quote, fix it? Whatever that meant. How did you fix it? How did you resolve it? Uh, because if you don't have any of those, I'm probably not interested in doing business with you. You haven't seen, you haven't seen enough life yet for me to jump in with you. That's the truth. Yeah. I I love that. That's, that's such a great perspective. I'm I'm seeing that in my own business too, where it's like, well, yeah, if I, if I just tell everyone the good that always happens, I'm like, you can always make everything sound great, but it's like what you do in those difficult times and how you make amends or what you do. And that really shows who you are. So that's, it's refreshing to hear that there are people still like that, that, have the character and the fortitude. So with those people, as I guess it, a, a, a fork in the road kind of comes at some point, because if they, you probably say, yeah, I'd probably do a deal with them again, maybe, you know, like after they've shown that they make amends, but if they do it again, it's like they can have the best character in the world. But at some time, at some point, do you ever cut anyone off and just say, yeah, I, I'm not going to do any deals anymore with this person if they haven't gone dark, but they, they've got kind of that track record of like, it doesn't happen the best every single time. Yeah, certainly. I, th- I think, I think you only uh, let people have uh, so many up to bats, right? Okay. Um, it could be two strikes, certainly three strikes if you want to go that far, but yeah, there's a, there's a time when you don't want to continue to enable somebody who for whatever reason hasn't, Develop the processes and systems. Uh, haven't you know gone down the road with a profit first model? If, if because obviously if they're having a problem again, something hasn't been fixed. Right. Uh, again, again, best intentions don't mean success. Uh, and so it's one thing for people to climb out and say, "I learned some lessons, and here's what I'm going to do to fix those." But if they fall back on their old ways and don't fix, then yeah, it's it's not it's it's time to cut the cord and force them to have to have to deal with themselves to either get real or continue to falter through life, which is not really a, um, a model, but unfortunately some people fall into that. And I think it's just a fact that they're not being honest with themselves. Uh, we all have weaknesses, uh, step up the plate and, 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 and weakness, see weakness is not, not a, not a, not a character flaw. It's not a character flaw at all to, to admit to a weakness. And we all have them is to say, Hey, I'm human. I do some things over here really, really well, but this stuff over here, I'm not so good. And when you're taking other people's money, it's time to really admit those things because, well, for instance, Dave, I appreciate high level accounting and dashboards, just like you teach a profit first. I appreciate that, but I am not the guy to go do that. I, I, I create a wake of, of stuff behind me. That I need other people to clean up, you know? And so it'd be negligent, if not worse for me to go out and aggregate capital uh, with my best intentions uh, and take care of people 
um, and not even have a model that goes bad, but I'm not reporting well. I'm not even getting the the regular payment checks out. Not that I don't have the money. It's just like I'm just you know I'm I'm back I'm back writing checks the hard way again. You know <laughs> it's you know the old way, right? I mean right. I mean I still do have checkbooks, Dave. By the way, <laughs> I don't write many checks anymore. But but in the old day, I had to write check every month, Dave. I sat down. Here's a story for you. Every month I'd sit down uh, and and I had the had my my book. I opened up my ledger book, handwritten, and I had all the people I had to pay. And I just started writing checks, and it's and I, I borrowed a lot of money to get to where I am today. But I but I always pay everybody back, and I pay people on time. But what I'm saying is, that's not a good system, especially today when everything can be, can be automated. So if, if somebody like me is still antiquated, but they do all these other things really well, but I'm antiquated in my reporting or getting the money out, you got to have somebody else to do that for you, so you don't mess it up, right? So admit to your weaknesses and shore up those weaknesses, not by trying to fix yourself with those, but putting other people and processes and systems in place so that those weaknesses don't pull you down. So follow-up question to that. If you had to put a percentage on the, the vetting the deal versus vetting the person, especially the first time, what do you vet more up front? And would you, can you put a percentage on a rough percentage of what you what you would vet more? Well, it's a person all the way. Uh, Percentage-wise, Dave, I mean, I could sort of guess maybe and throw something out a little bit because I'm going to look at both. But you asked me which one first. It's it's the person. I mean, probably probably it's got to be high. Um, high. It's got to be at least, you know, 80% for me. If, if, there, if I don't, if I've got, if I've got second thoughts about the person, just even on meeting them or hearing a presentation or something, if there's just something there that doesn't jive, then before I even look at their deal, I just, I got to know more about the person. I got to do a deeper dive there. Um, so I, I won't even go past, past number one. If I felt like there's anything there now, if, if on the surface or whatever my initial um, engagement is with that person, if, if I'm feeling good, then I might start doing both together a little bit. Right. But I'm, I'm still going to still put, put the person character, track record, all those, you know, things in front of the actual deal itself. Awesome. Okay. Well then, uh, is there anything else that I should ask or anything between the real estate investor relationship and the private lender that you would want to expound upon? I think we, we've sort of said it, as you probably already captured it, but it's, it was probably the basis for that that post I did back in May. And again, I will never name names because that's never my point. It's, it's, yes. it's just, it's, it's, it's really just helping people see it from both sides. Uh, but the post was really written in regards to somebody that I have known for 30 plus years, oh, wow. long, long history of great person, person I've always felt was in, had integrity and all the things I would put is check, 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 and done business with. Um, and, Something changed about that person. Again, I don't believe anything nefarious at all. I think it was always good intentions, but something changed in that person's model. Maybe I could, I don't know, you know, business partnership relationships, financial, whatever. I don't, I don't know because the person to his, to his um, negligence, or I should maybe to his Embarrassment. That's probably what it was. Really, more embarrassment would never come to me and say, "Here's what's happening, and here's how I'm going to resolve it." It was the go dark, huh? Mm-hmm. That see, that just doesn't work for me. And I just 
kept hoping that this person would see the light and, and actually have a real, hey, David, we've known each other for 30 plus years. And hey, you know, we've been great friends and I don't want that anything to happen to that. Here's where I am. Here's what's going on. And here's what I am doing and to rectify this. And I will be giving you regular um, reports on exactly what's happening. And, and here's what I can be paying you. And I will make these payments to you, whatever it is, whatever, you know, if I could see that happening, Dave, and that person would, would carry on with that, I'm good, but they failed and they continue to fail. And I just, I, I don't get it. I don't know if it's something that happened. Uh, you don't have to put this in your book, but cause I don't, I don't want to tie this to anybody that anybody would know, but I don't know if something happened. Um, I don't know if something happened to the, to the mental faculties. I, 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 I can only guess. I, I almost hope that that's what happened because I just don't think this person would like flip a switch. But it's almost like, like a, a, a flip switched. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's hard for me to get that, right? Unless Definitely. there could be some some dementia, something happening in their brain that maybe changed them. And okay, then if that's the case, I, I have some compassion um, and maybe they can't function as well, but then who's around them? Like second second part of anything is like, who, who have you surrounded yourself with that if something happens to you? Um, that you have no control over. You get sick, you get hit by a bus, you know, something happens, puts you in the hospital, you're in a coma. Um, who's around you to support the activities and the obligations you have made to other people, whether it's through business, through real estate, whatever it is, uh, that's part of your, your redundancy that everybody needs to have to some level. I mean, even when you're starting out, even when you're starting out in anything in life, some level of redundancy, which can happen through processes and systems all day long. That's why what yeah. you teach. And then, of course, the people that would be responsible for, for running those. And I think that would be what, I, what I'd leave, leave you with today. Awesome. Well, no, I appreciate everything that you shared with today. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you found this episode valuable, could you do me a quick favor? Can you give us an honest rating within iTunes? And be honest, you could say whether you liked it or not. And obviously with iTunes, the more reviews and ratings we have, the better it is for other people that are searching for Profit First in a podcast. So we'd love to be ranked on there. And that's thanks to your help. So we would really appreciate that if you would like to go give us a rating. Also, if you're looking to connect with us further, I would highly recommend checking out our Facebook group, Profit First for Real Estate Investors. And that's literally what it's called. So you can type in Profit First for Real Estate Investors and you'll be able to find our Facebook group right there. So come join active real estate investors who are supporting each other and growing their businesses and profits together. That's what that group is all about. The link should be in the description below. And if you're interested in working with us and implementing Profit First in your real estate business, we offer coaching and guidance. So if you want to work with someone who's actually Profit First certified and who works right now currently with real estate businesses, you can actually go start your application process by going to simplecfosolutions.com forward slash apply, or just go right to simplecfosolutions.com and there's an apply button right on there. If you want to actually start your Profit First journey with someone who can actually walk you through those step by step and help you know and grow your cash flow. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Profit First REI podcast. See you next episode.